When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. Work ethic eliminates fear, you know? So if you put forth the work, then what are you fearing? You know you what you're capable of doing, what you're not. You know, if you put your mind to doing whatever you want to do, you know, good things can happen. Because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. You're listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Here's your host, Jamie Plunkett. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, This is Jamie Plunkett. Uh, I want to first off start with saying thank you for listening to our podcast. This is number one. Um, The purpose of our podcast is going to be educating people about health and nutrition. Uh, We mainly specialize in fat loss, so we'll be discussing a lot of that. Uh, And a big part of what we want to do is we want to educate people uh, on the fitness industry and just kind of how things are in this industry and how to have long-term success in your health and your fat loss uh, goals. Jamie, do you think uh, think a lot of people are are getting it right out there in the fitness industry right now? No, I would say the majority of of, uh, what goes on out there is, is people are more interested in taking your money than you seeing results. Oh, and you see a problem with that? That's a huge problem with that. Um, I think your number one goal should be to help people. Uh, and my belief is you if you help people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, good. I just wanted to clear that up for the for all the people out there since this is the beginning. Everybody's yeah. getting to know you, you know. Yep. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am the owner of Plunkett Fitness. Uh, we have a 4,000-square-foot personal training studio in Overland Park, Kansas, um, we mainly specialize in fat loss, but we talk about all things health that encompass that. So our main concern is educating our clients and improving their overall health. And we look at the long-term picture. So I tell people all the time, if I tell you something to do today that you can't do when you're 80, you shouldn't do it ever. Um, so we talk a lot about nutrition and weight training, but we cover little things like sleep and stress. And I say they're little, they're really not little at all. Um, and then we are also the home of the only group training program that focuses on proper strength training. Uh, so we also offer group training as well as personal training. It's awesome. So when, when you guys do the, uh, the group training thing, kind of walk, walk through how that works versus just a one-on-one personal trainer, because I know a lot of people have seen that. And, um, you know, a lot of people look at that as the, the pie in the sky, as far as like, I need a personal trainer. And what would you say to somebody that came in and said, you know, I've been working with a personal trainer for the last six months, you know, what's the benefit of a, a group training session or a group training package versus that? Um, well, I mean, big thing you're going to get is number one, you get a group of people to work out with. So you have, uh, people to help keep you accountable. Um, and, most of the times what we see is people come in and they're getting personal training somewhere else. They come into our group program and within a week they're telling us how they're receiving a better service in our group than they ever did one-on-one. Um, so the way we try to set up our group is we try to train our clients in our group the exact same way as we do our one-on-one clients. And what sets us apart is we have enough equipment to train 24 people at once um, that, uh, that we train exactly the way we would with one-on-one training. So we have plenty of squat racks, bars, pull-downs, rows, all that stuff. So you're not waiting on equipment, um, and you're not substituting exercises for the ones you should be doing because you don't have the proper equipment to do it. 
Right. So we've really invested our time and our money into our equipment and our education to be able to train our clients properly in a group setting. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, you've been talking about this a lot. And, and like, again, since this is the first podcast. How, how long have you been doing this? And kind of explain why should, why should these people be listening to you? Why should anybody care what Jamie Plunkett has to say about fitness and nutrition? What got you into this industry? And kind of give us the roadmap of where you started and how it shaped where you are now and what you're doing now with your own gym. I first started uh, in this um, when I was, I would say, 15 years old. was probably the first time I lost weight, so I was overweight when I was younger. Um, I gained weight uh, probably around in the fourth grade, and I kept it on until I was a freshman in high school, at which point I got so fed up with it uh, that my plan was to just eat dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the matter of probably two or three months, I don't remember exactly, but I lost 50 pounds. Wow. Well, that, and that's, it's always, it's a good time in your life to be overweight. I can say from experience too. <laughs> middle school, it's always it's always fun to be, you know, a little pudgy to be, yep. you know, you're interested in girls and they always want to go for the pudgy guys, right? Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you, you dropped 50 pounds when you were, you said you were 15 years 15, old, is that right? Yep. Okay. And so, so that seems like it, it worked pretty well just eating dinner. That sounds like a pretty good fitness and nutrition plan to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say something that kind of sets myself apart. Uh, from most people I run into, like I'll get to a point in my life, no matter what it is, where I decide on something and I will do whatever it takes to achieve what I want to achieve. So I had just gotten so fed up with, with being overweight and being picked on and not being comfortable and everything else that I was like, today it stops. And, uh, at that point I was willing to do whatever it took to achieve what I wanted to. And I mean, I remember at one point during that whole process like it became a challenge to me and I went three days without eating at one point so I mean you could even say it was kind of some anorexia at some point but I had no I mean I didn't it wasn't intentional I wasn't I didn't even know what anorexia was probably at that point yeah well yeah you're a 15 year old kid and back then it wasn't you know they didn't name everything yeah you know yeah not to say back then, like you're that old, but you know, we're, we're of a certain age where we've, we're we've, seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we were around before Twitter names, you know? So, um, so that's interesting. So, okay. So you, you drop your 50 pounds, you're in high school at this point, And then where does that lead you? Um, well, I, I was, I was very thin. So I was about five foot seven, 135 at this point. Um, so you know, and, and with that, I started working out in some strength shoes. If anybody remembers what those are, those are plyometric training shoes. So, and I mean, some of my, um, I don't know if you would call it obsessiveness or work ethic, however you want to put it. Um, I did not miss a day for nine months training in those things. I'd put an X on the calendar every day. Did they work? That I, I remember, I wanted a pair of those. Like I, and first of all, did they work is my first question. Could, could you jump? Could you jump? I could grab the rim. At five foot seven. Wow. That's actually, this is also all of a sudden turned into an infomercial <laughs> for strength shoes. The other thing that always reminds me of, and you have to be, I don't know, since it's been on in reruns and, and Hulu and stuff, if people remember, but the whole Seinfeld deal where yep. where George was going to sell strength Jimmy. shoes. Yeah, the Jimmy. <laughs> that's that's what strength Jimmy shoes. Jimmy can jump. <laughs> that's right. George is getting angry. All right. Well. Okay, so cool. So you did your strength shoes training thing, and, and how long did you say you did that for? Nine months straight. Nine months? Good night. That, so were you a basketball player, obviously? or um, I played basketball my sophomore year of high school. It was kind of one of those things where 
I struggled a lot with self-confidence growing up, so I never really believed in myself until I was probably a senior in high school, so I never really – I was afraid to work hard and afraid to, to put myself out there and expose myself and, and to fail, sure, I guess you could sure, say. Sure, sure. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, I, it's crazy because I feel like you're telling my story. I think so many people can relate to that because, and that was kind of what I was alluding to earlier when I said, you know, those middle school years. Man, I feel like they're hard for everybody, and yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily. I can't imagine doing it now with all the social media and all the yeah, the pressure absolutely. and stuff. Um, but yeah, so okay, so you 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 do your strength shoot training, you cut your weight, and this gets you. Uh, at what what point did you decide, man? I really, I think I need to figure out a better way to train, to maintain. Is this just a process that's happening? You, you went through your starvation phase, then you went through your strength shoes phase. And then what, what, what was next for you? Uh, well, the strength shoes were kind of part of the, the not eating thing, um, or, you know, reducing a lot of what I ate. But, uh, after that, my consistency kind of waned a little bit, um, until, probably my junior year when I was, you know, just lifting weights for football and I still wasn't that dedicated to it. Um, after my senior year of football and kind of ironic, kind of the worst time to do it, but that is uh, a little late anyway. That's when I really got into weight training. I bought my first flex magazine, which if anybody doesn't know, that's a bodybuilding magazine. Um, read that thing front to back probably more than once looked at all the routines the guys were doing, um, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff. And that's when I really got into weight training, and that's when weight training really changed my life. At that point, I had no intention of going to college. Sure. Um, you know, I figured I'd just work some regular job out of high school. And I wouldn't get a degree. I'd stay in my hometown. Um, when I got into weight training and really started seeing my body change, that's when I really started believing in myself and believing. That, that's really the first point in my life where I really believed that I could do anything I set my mind to. Um. You know, and then from there, uh, I I went to college, went to Emporia State University. I originally was a uh, phys ed major. Um, that didn't w- make it very long. Uh, just wasn't something I was interested in long term. Uh, I found out quickly. Uh, so then I changed my major to health promotion, which is kind of a combination of worksite wellness, community health, exercise science. Uh, and I just kept getting deeper and deeper into it. Um, I dieted again for the first time when I was 21 years old. Me and a bunch of friends were going to uh, Padre Island for spring break. Um, That'll motivate you. (laughs) Yeah, so at that point I lost 40 pounds, um, got down to about 6% body fat, so fairly good shape, but still still wasn't really getting everything figured out and making everything click. Um, Jimmy, let me stop you really quick and ask you, what year did you graduate from high school? Uh, 2000. And, and the reason I'm, and the reason I'm asking that is because I, this was all, the world has changed so much in those 18 years. Huge. And, and, and the reason I'm, again, when you were dedicated, you talked about flex magazine mm-hmm. and I was, I was a musician forever. I remember, I look at these, these, these kids today, you know, I look at these kids and all the advantages they have that podcasts like this one, you know, you've got multiple podcasts, you've got YouTube with just literally every single kind of piece of training advice from people that are world-class, you know, and I look at the advantages. So I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to ask when you graduated just to kind of help give people a frame of reference, because I feel like it's when, when we were going through things back in the old days, it was, it was a lot more, uh, there was a lot more, I don't want to say work involved, but there was more work involved. If you were passionate about something, you had to really, you had to invest money. It wasn't all 
free at your fingertips anytime you wanted it. So I kind of wanted to touch on that. And then, so we'll get back to, um, you were at, you're at spring break, you're 21 years old and you, you were, you were in good shape, but you, you are still kind of not, you're still looking for a, a better way at that point. I'm assuming to, uh, maintain that kind of, uh, stability in your, in your fitness and nutrition re- regimen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd say at that point I still wasn't hitting on all cylinders. Um, I just hadn't figured it all out yet. Um, and I mean, not that I have everything figured out now, but, um, I've, I've found a much easier way to maintain it sure. you know, now than I did back then. You know, back then I would run, you know, if I want to lose weight back then, I would eat less and, and I would start running because, you know, everybody believes you have to do cardio to lose weight. And, uh, you know, so I did that to, to get down, you know, get lean for spring break that year. Um, and then usually what I would do and what, what a lot of people do that are a lot of guys that are trying to put on muscle is, is they'll try to bulk up and then lose the fat. And so that's what I would do. Um, so then I got I uh, got leaner again um, when I was 23. So I was out of college at this point. I had met a bodybuilder, an older guy who was actually a uh, a priest, mm-hmm. um, and he talked to me a lot about nutrition and everything. And uh, so then I developed my own nutrition plan, kind of based off his guidelines. And that's really when stuff started clicking about nutrition and having a better, a more like sound plan and routine. Sure. Um, at that point, I think I got down to 6% again, but it was, it was a much better, uh, I, I was still, I was leaner. If you'd asked me, you know, the body fat percentage was about the same on both, but I was, I kept more muscle tissue that time. Sure. Um, and it was more, it was more of a sustainable. Um, I was still doing a lot of cardio with that. Um, so I still hadn't figured out how to, um, maintain my weight without cardio yeah, and how to stay lean without cardio. Um, so, you know, at that point, uh, you know, I was 23 shortly thereafter I moved to New York. Um, I, uh, you know, living in New York, I was a personal trainer out there. When I first moved out there, I was working at Citigroup in Long Island city as a, uh, health, uh, health fitness specialist in their, their corporate, uh, wellness center. Um, so, did that for a while, didn't like it, started personal training, uh, and I've been personal training ever since. Um, and when I moved back from New York, which was 2007, so I was out there for two years, I had a lot more free time at first when I moved back because I didn't have any clients. Sure. And that's when I really started putting it all together about not needing to do all the cardio, having a better balance in my life, getting more sleep. Uh, and really just, you know, the biggest thing I learned and I've learned since then is learning how to maintain my weight without exercise. Sure. And I mean, it all comes down to asking yourself why you're making the decisions you're making. Yeah. You know, why you're eating what you're eating, what causes it, not just, you know, cause, cause a lot of what happens is especially when you're overweight, there's, there's shame with it and it's. It's, you know, I'm just bad, yeah. you know, and that's, yeah. that's a lot of the perception of it. And, uh, you know, and what I try to tell a lot of my clients, and it's what I figured out a long time ago is, no, it's not that you're bad. It's that you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah. So you got to figure out what causes you to make bad decisions. And what I figured out for myself, a lot of times doing too much cardio was a big part of it because I would throw my blood sugars out of whack and I would... 
uh, I would exhaust myself. So then I get home, I have no willpower and I eat everything in the house. Right. <laughs> Again, I can, I can empathize with that. Sympathize, empathize. I don't know which one, but I can, I, I can, I can understand that. Okay. So you move back to after New York, you moved back to, was it Kansas city at that point? Or was uh, I moved it, back to Lawrence? Okay. You moved back to Lawrence and did a job bring you back there or did you come back just because your New York was enough or was it a girl? Uh, it was a girl. Okay. Well, well, we'll get into that in a, a later podcast, maybe. Okay, so you moved back to Lawrence, and then where did you go professionally from the, was it Citigroup in, in New York, or was it Well, City? I was at Citigroup for 10 months out there. Okay. Uh, the majority of the time out there, I was working at uh, Sports Club LA in Rockefeller Center. Okay, gotcha. So you you had, you had gotten into, was that a... Is that a chain? I don't know if that, or is that something on the East Coast, or is that like a? Um, kind of? It's a chain that started in L.A. When okay. I was with them, they had about ten locations. I think they have downsized since then, but I'm not real sure. I haven't kept up with them. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you came back to came back to Lawrence, and then what was the next uh, step for you professionally? So in Lawrence, uh, I got a job at Lawrence Athletic Club. Uh, I worked there for about a year, um, built up a clientele there, and um, about. January or February of 2008, I heard about Lifetime Fitness up in Overland Park, which I had not known of, and it sounded a lot like my gym in New York, gotcha. and I really enjoyed my gym in New York. So at that point, I came up here, interviewed, um, got a job, started in March of 2008, um, then I moved to Overland Park, um, worked there for about a year and a half, uh, and at that point, they had a lot of things changing there. Um and a lot of turnover with us, with the trainers. And at that point I left and started my own business in uh, August of 2009. That's awesome. Now you started out training, were you training out of a, where were you training out of when you, after, when you left um, Lifetime? Were, did you have, did you actually, did you have a gym or did you go to people's homes and train them at home? No, I trained at a gym okay. called Lawrence Athletic Club. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So they had, okay. they had a, I don't know, 5,000 square foot facility or so, 10,000 maybe Okay. in Lawrence where, you know, you would train their members. Sure. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> gotcha. So you did that. And then when was, when did you, at what point did you say, you know what? I think I can do this better. I can do it different. I can, I, I, I've got something here that I think is worthy of pursuing because the other thing, you know, that when you go into business for yourself, I mean, not only are you, you're not only looking at all the, the, the nutrition, what you're doing, but when you decide I'm going to go into business for myself, especially when it's a, a facility like what you've got at this point, and it's not something you can start with 2,500, it's not a side hustle. I mean, it, it, you can, you can do things to kind of build up, to ramp up obviously, but that's its own animal right there. So at what point did you think? man, you know what? I need to do this. And what, what was the, the catalyst? What really made you, what, what was the one thing where you're like, man, that's it. I got to start my own place. Um, well, I mean, to be completely honest with you, um, we all, we all kind of got ran off around that time gotcha. at lifetime. Uh, and, uh, I mean, at the time, I wasn't happy about it, but now, you know, hindsight, Sure, uh, I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Um, but what happened was uh, I started there in March of 08. The recession hit us pretty hard around uh, September of 08. My, sure. uh, my sales basically uh, went down to a third. So I, you know, I did $14,000 in sales in September of 08. In December, I did four. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, it improved a little bit from there. You know, it was... You know, a little bit better than that 
from then until August. Uh, but then they had some management changes, and I just wasn't happy there. Nothing against Lifetime, um, but I just wasn't happy there. And, and uh, you know, at that point, I was either considering a career change right. or going out on my own. And, and, I mean, going out on my own was a pretty scary deal. But, uh, you know, my thing is I'm a pretty stubborn um difficult person just the way i am like i like to do things my way and i want to be happy like that's my my biggest thing is i need to be happy and uh i looked at so many different you know things i could do sales or whatever else and and i mean at the end of the day i was just like i do not want to do that you know so i i jumped off the cliff and hoped my parachute opened up and uh you know it was kind of hard in the beginning but uh you know so when i yeah i started my business in august of of 08 or 09 rather. And, uh, you know, and I pretty much still do it to this day, but I'm, I'm, I live my life pretty frugally. And I, what I do is I'll just take all my money from my business and I put it back into my business to make it grow. Sure. You know, know, a lot of what I learned growing up was I don't ever want to have regret. Yeah. And, uh, cause I have a lot of regret from my childhood and, uh, so, you know, me putting everything I have into my business, is me uh, protecting myself from regret. If it, if anything, if if something doesn't work out, I want to be able to ask myself, no matter what it is, if a client leaves, if if you know anything, I want to be able to ask myself if I did everything possible to succeed in that situation. And if the answer is no, I'm going to have a ton of regret. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. So, how long have you been? at this facility because it's, it's a, it's a beautiful place. You walk in here and it's just, you know, you guys have got this set up really well. Um, so when you go from training people at, you know, at another gym to owning your own place and you've got a staff of how many trainers at this point, uh, including myself, there's six of us, six trainers. I mean, and, and how many clients do you guys have right now? Uh, about 150. Yeah. So you've got, you've got quite a little thing going on, on out here. When did you actually move into this facility? And, and was that, did you see things, uh, were things ramping up before then? Were you bursting before then? Or did you kind of have to, you, you kind of put yourself out there when you, when you moved into this place? Um, well, we started here in January of 2012. At that time, I was running my group out of a place called Diamond Gymnastics down the street, and I was running uh, my personal training business out of another gym off of 135th and Antioch. Uh, so I was kind of renting from two different places. And um, So at first, when I moved here in January of 12, I just had my group out front, and I was still running my personal training business out of another gym. And then I moved my personal training business into this facility in August of 2012, and actually, that was a reduction in rent from what I was paying. So my rent was actually higher when I was renting from two different places before I opened my own place. Uh, but I will tell you, at the time, I had a lot of uh, hesitation with it, and I had a lot of fear with it, which now that I look back on it, was kind of ridiculous and kind of unfounded. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, we were we were we were somewhat overwhelmed where we were, but there's just where I was, there was just no room for more so with diamond gymnastics where we ran our group, there was just no room for growth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we moved here so we could offer more hours, uh, and keep our equipment here and continue to grow. Basically. Biggest thing we try to do is educate and and tell the truth. So about, you know, the fitness industry and, uh, the reason I do what I do is because I struggle with it for probably 10 plus years. And I wish somebody would have told me the things that I know now 
when I was younger and I wouldn't waste so much time. So my number one goal with my clients and with this podcast is to save people the time and energy that I wasted uh, over the years. Thank you for listening to the Plunkett Fitness Project. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review. For more info, visit our website, plunkettfitness.com.